0: as you if you have your Bible with you this morning, please turn with me to 1 Corinthians, chapter 1. 1 Corinthians, chapter 1. This morning, we are beginning a new series. We're going through this wonderful epistle from the Apostles. This morning we will be considering the first three verses of that chapter. Before we hear the reading and preaching of God's Word, join me as we go before Him once again in prayer. Our great God and Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before You, thankful for Your Word, thankful for the great instruction, comfort, and care that is there within. oh Lord, we pray that Your Spirit would Teach us from the scriptures, and cause your truths to sit very deeply in our hearts and lives. May we love your word, Lord. May we delight. In you. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Hear now the very word God written for you and for me today. Paul, call, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sophonies, our brother, to the church of God which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace to you, and peace from God. God's holy word, and may God add his blessing to the reading of his word to us. Well, beloved of the Lord Jesus Christ, a, a letter of care and concern, a letter of instruction and guidance, a, a letter of thankfulness and encouragement. These are all accurate descriptions of the content and the purpose of this first letter that the apostle. Paul was their church planter during his second missionary journey. He was their organizing pastor, so to speak. The apostle planted this congregation in the city of Corinth about 51 AD. And we know from the first half of Acts chapter 18, we know of Paul's ministry there in Corinth. And if you'll The longer passage that I've persuaded both Jews and Greeks when Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia Paul was compelled by the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ but when they opposed him and blasphemed he shook his garments and said to them your blood be upon your own heads i am clean for now on i go i will go to the Gentiles And he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justus, one who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his household. And many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were uh, were baptized. Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. Do not be afraid, but speak. And do not keep silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in this city. And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. When Galio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews with one accord rose up against Paul and brought him to the judgment seat, saying, this fellow persuades men to worship God contrary to the law. And when Paul was about to open his mouth, Deleu said to the Jews, If it were a matter of wrongdoing or wicked crimes so Jews, there would be reason why I should bear with you. But if it is a question of words and names and your own law, I'll look to it yourselves. For I do not want to be a judge of such matters. And he drove them from the Judgment Seat. Then all the Greeks took Sosthenes, the ruler of the synagogue, and beat him before the Judgment Seat. But Leo took no notice of these things. So Paul still remained a good while. Then he took leave of the brethren and sailed for Syria, and Priscilla and Aquila were with him. He had his hair cut off at Centria. For he had taken a vow, and he came to Ephesus and left them there. But he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. So now, beloved, notice there's a lot of information here about what's happened with Paul, even with Sosthenes here. But notice that Paul ministered there for a good while, about a year and a half. And he was there in Corinth. For he went where to Ephesus, and while it was there, while he was in Ephesus, that he wrote this letter back to the saints in Corinth in about 54 to 55 A.D. But why did Paul write this letter? What was his purpose? Well, Paul. Had about food offered to idols, about spiritual gifts, about the collection to the saints. And now it's clear from chapter 5, verses 9 and 10, that this was Paul's second letter to the congregation. Part of the purpose of this epistle was to answer their questions. Paul also wrote to address the concerning reports that he had heard of divisions in the body that threatened its unity. And brought reproach to God's glory. You know, it's essential that the peace. We see through the fruit of the apostles. We see in the building up of the church there. We see in this very congregation of people that the Lord Himself had gathered to worship him, to serve him, and to glorify him in that dark and depraved place. And so as we look at the beginning of Paul's letter here. In typical Pauline fashion, we find his reading, and it's a, it's a warm and it's a rich greeting, as he identifies who he is in verse 1, and who he wrote to, who his audience was in verse 2, as well as what God extends to them in verse 3. So look with me in verse 1 as we hear more about, even briefly, as we hear more about the Apostle Paul and Sosthenes. He starts by saying, Paul, Paul to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother. Now, Paul here introduces himself as an apostle. And what is an apostle? The Greek word apostolos, from which we get the word apostle, it means a sent one. It means a messenger. An apostle was one sent forth by Jesus Christ with the gospel. And there were many times and occasions where Paul not only introduced himself to the people as an apostle of Christ, but also where he had to defend his apostleship in light of those who doubted or rejected his claims to such office. And so Paul's introduction of himself as an apostle of Christ communicates several things. It communicates the legitimacy and the authority of his office. It also communicates divine calling and appointment, and that's important. We'll see that more here in a moment. And it also makes other things clear in regards to then how the people should receive the message that he gives. For it's not truly really from his mouth, but the words are coming out of his mouth. that he is a messenger of Christ. You know, contrary to some today, or self-appointed, or man-appointed apostle. There is no legitimate school of the apostles today, as some have promoted that there is. You can't go pay money at such a school or or take courses and gradually as a bona fide apostle. No, sir. The time of the apostles is gone. The only true apostles were those appointed by God in biblical days. And anyone who tells you otherwise is trying to sell you a bill of no goods. trying to sell you something that isn't biblical. And yet Paul was an authentic apostle of the Lord Jesus through and through. And how do we know this to be true? Well, in part here, by his statement that he was an apostle, quote, what does he say? Through the will of God. Through the will of God. That's important. Note that Paul didn't lay out a list of endorsements or, or references of men who could vouch for him. He wasn't appointed by the will of man or his own will, but rather Paul simply stated that what was most important was that he was appointed and he was serving in the office that he was through the will of God. He was commissioned in this office by God and no one else therefore, as Paul would faithfully teach and proclaim the truth, he did so with divine authority. And where do we see this confirmed in Scripture? Well, if you look in the book of Ephesians, chapter 3. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, beginning in verse 4, we see that he speaks about the knowledge that he had, which the Spirit only revealed to the Apostles Beginning in verse 4 we read, By which, when you read, you may understand my knowledge of the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. And Paul asks rhetorical questions of the saints here at Corinth and gave confirmation of his office even later in this letter in First Corinthians chapter nine verse one. we So who did he write to? Who did Paul write to? Look at verse 2. To the church of God, which is at Corinth. The Apostle Paul wrote to God's special people, his ecclesia, his congregation in Corinth. As we know from the other calling epistles, the other epistles and scriptures, we see that God has his churches, his congregations in many, 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 many cities all over the world, including right here in New Bromfield, Texas, doesn't he? But This letter was written to those beloved and precious saints and more, Those whom he had been with in person just a few years prior. Those whom were blessed to know God and even to uh, know him And so in the midst of, of the sea of the ungodly in Corinth, in that diverse depravity, remember, God raised up a people, and God established his church there. In the midst of the ungodliness around them, even considering the sin that the Corinthian body struggled with, what did people generally need to know was true of those people? And what did those in the church need to know about themselves? that Paul wrote to God's church, to Christ's church, who were, notice in verse 2, those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be sanctified. Each and every one of God's people have been declared to be and have been set apart as holy by God And this is what we refer to as the definitive aspect of our sanctification, that, that declaration where God says, you are mine, you are holy. But Paul is also speaking to the progressive aspect of their sanctification. As he was growing them in grace, as the Lord was at work in them by His Spirit, growing them in spiritual maturity, and in holiness. Though Paul's calling to be an apostle wasn't a shared calling in the Corinthian church, there was a calling that Paul did share with them and all believers. The divine call of God's people to be saints, with all who in very important for the Corinthian believers to know and understand. And it's it's important for us to know and understand today, for they struggled with many ethical and, and moral issues in the body. But see how Paul wrote in a pastoral way to them. See how the very Word of God is received by us and should be received by us in that way today. To remind and to encourage us that in the midst of those things, we are sanctified. That God is at work in us. The Corinthians saying, we're not alone. How then shall we live? Paul desired to remind them from the beginning in a similar way as he did to those in Galatia. In Galatia, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Again, who we are should be and must be manifest in our witness and our testimony and how we live. But notice what was given to these beloved saints, to these beloved holy ones in Corinth. Divine grace yet the extension to them. Paul speaks of the inward work of the Holy Spirit, which is the gift of God. It's the gift of the things that God graciously gives to us. Predestined by the Father, based on the work of Christ on the cross, communicated by the preaching of the gospel, received by faith, the inward work of the Holy Spirit. We know that God's grace Is the source of every good thing that is in the child of God by Jesus Christ. Never forget this. Never forget it. God's grace is the source of every good thing that is in the child of God by Jesus Christ. But not only did He give them grace, but He also gave them peace. Divine grace, divine peace, they go together. Because of the reconciling work of our Lord Jesus Christ, we have peace with God. weeks to come, Lord willing. See see God's word, his instruction, his care, and his his concern for his people, his his promises to his people as God brings it to the Corinthians and to us today through his messenger Paul, through the one he sent with authority to declare his gospel, his word to his people. But also see the pastoral part as he knew what he had to say to the saints, and what they worked here, and that that needed to be laid on the foundation of Christ and in the context of who we are and what God has called us to be. We are sanctified in Jesus Christ. We are called to be his holy ones. And this must affect how we walk and live. And if you think about it, in fact,
1: How does that inform you today
0: when you're take t- when you're tempted? great Assyrian Empire would be there and then gone. They were so far from there. God is against God is against his enemies. Christ, beloved, you're no more the You're no longer in. And he comes to you in these ways. He comes to you in this portion of Scripture. He comes to you in all. holy as I am. Praise God for His Word.